Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Purpose Driven Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Timmy Bauer, and my guest today is Eric Donovan. He is the president at Paradigm, and he's got really sexy hair. Eric, welcome to the show. <laughs> Timmy, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be here. It's sexier today than it was the day we went skiing. Yeah, you've got a whole like, you know, swoop thing going on, which is like <laughs> one line of gray, like your, uh, like your uh, rogue from uh, the X-Men. That's it. That's it. It's, my super, it's my hidden superpower. <laughs> Excellent. Um, the reason I wanted to have you on the podcast, Eric, is because we just did an epic retreat, Living a Better Story. Um, your contribution to that was awesome content-wise, but honestly, I felt the Thank most you. impact, I think, just from all of our private conversations. And uh, the, I, what's crazy to me, there's so many things to talk about, about the trip. Um, and there, there are some definitely some specific things that you said that really stuck with me. I mean, hmm. transformationally changed my thinking about stuff. Um, but one thing that I just want to say is like right at the beginning, the first day when we met and we went like skiing together and I'll, I'll put skiing in quotation marks because you <laughs> were skiing. I was more like just sliding on ice. <laughs> <laughs> you were skiing by the end of the day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just wiping out my way down the, the slope is what I was doing. Um, oh. oh my gosh. I almost went right off that slope, right from the moment I put my skis down on the, the ski lift. Um, I went straight through that, like the curve. I just went straight to the cliff. Oh no. And oh, no. I'm desperately trying to curve around. My left foot is just about to leave the track. My right foot's already left the, <laughs> the ski slope track. It's in, it's in the, it's like hovering over the powder that is right before tumbling yeah. down to your death. Yeah. And I, I'm leaning my body over as hard as I possibly can and just like yelling. <laughs> and lucky for me, uh, Grandpa Mike, our trainer, like he uh, saw me going up the ski lift and he was like, I'm going to need to go make sure he doesn't die. <laughs> <laughs> Got in the ski chair behind me. That was uh, that was something. Um, man, watching the way that you guys like skiing, I was like, I need to figure out what I like as much as y'all like skiing, because it's not skiing. It's not. Yeah, you know that that's not it, right? <laughs> um, yeah, anyways, uh, there's something that you said to me on that first day. And this was weird. You like looked at my face and you were like, I see greatness in you. Mm. And I was like, what the heck? <laughs> uh, can you just tell me what was going on there if you remember it? Well, I, so I don't remember 100% specifically what was going on. I will tell you that like I, one of my disciplines is scripture and prayer and just trying to stay in tune with the Holy Spirit. And there are times where I just get a download and it's like, you need to tell this person this thing. Now, the other thing that that goes along with, just so you kind of know my personality and what I believe is I think too many times we leave things unsaid. Uh -huh. So somebody comes across your path and you think something really, really great about that person. And then you don't say it. And so I've really kind of also challenged myself that anything that comes into my head, I say, it's polite. I mean, not something rude, but I think that all of us, we talked about this a little bit at the event, right? Every single person is running around with some sort of insecurity, some sort of thing that they're not, even me. I mean, I, you know, and we never stop and say the good stuff. Do I? 
What are you insecure about? What am I insecure about? Um, whether or not my family Recent, will be taken care recently. of. Whether what? Whether or not my family will be taken care of if something happens to me. Yeah. Um, I'm really insecure about my body. Um, I was a fat, fat little kid. I was very overweight. So got it. Um, very, very Man. conscious about my body. Interesting. Well, uh, you look good. So I don't know what you did. <laughs> Must have been those 10 minutes a day of, uh, of fitness. That's it. Um, trying to, try to sweat every day. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I, I was insecure about my body for a little while. Um, I've historically never been insecure about the way that I look. I grew up in a very supportive family when it comes to that sort of thing. Um, yeah. My sister, my younger sister used to tell me, she used to hype me up all the time. She'd, mm. she'd be like, you're, you're, you know, you're the best looking guy in your high school class. Like, you're, you know, like, or in, I was homeschooled, but like in church, uh, she's like, you're the best looking guy there. Uh, any of those girls would be happy to have you. Like she's just super this hype girl, uh, yeah. sister. Um, and I think that had a big impact on me. So, I mean, I had a gigantic head coming out of high school. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, divorce really, um, flattened that quite a bit. Um, yeah. but I would say that I've bounced back. I, uh, I really like the way that I am. I like the way that God made me. Um, that's awesome. There was a there was a time where um, I felt like I had been made wrong because mm. I was unattractive to the woman that divorced me. And I was just like, oh, I, there must be something fundamentally wrong with the way that I'm put together. And as I was thinking that I heard the Lord saying to me, no, I like the way I made you. And I was like, uh, OK, well, and then I felt God telling me that I needed to basically like preach that to myself, like literally look at this is going to sound so prideful and arrogant. Look in the yeah. mirror and be like you were made correctly. God likes you. You're you look, you look great. You, you are made well. Um, you know, God. So, has so tell me, why you. do you think that that's arrogant? I think that's absolutely appropriate because we sit in front of the, we sit outside the mirror and tell ourselves all sorts of lies all the time. Why yeah. would God be against us sitting in front of a mirror and telling ourselves the truth, which is yeah. that he made it perfectly and well. No, it's definitely not arrogant. I'm saying people are going to think that it's arrogant. I think people confuse godly confidence for arrogance mm. when yeah, you're like god made me a certain way and he's got purposes that he wants to do through me he literally is just wanting me to raise my hand and say yes god i am going to do it mm. um i have the confidence that you are that you you, you know that you're going to go with me and that this is going to go well and that right. for whatever reason is terrifying and i think some people <laughs> make the excuse uh that they're being humble when they don't live into that mm. but yeah yeah. Well, and the other thing too, you're talking about um, kind of what happened that day. I think I'm reliving it at least as long as we have this, the more that we have this conversation. Again, I don't remember the specifics around that. I mean, you've got this energy and this aura about you, this confidence that maybe you you put off, whether you feel it or not, you put off this confidence of like, you're really, really certain of what you're doing. And, you know, it's <laughs> in one sense, it's kind of like going down the mountain. You, you're just pointing your skis down the mountain and going. You don't know exactly how you're going to get to the bottom but you're super excited about going and you know that you will eventually get to the bottom of the mountain and it may yes. be some tumbles along the way and things like that. And so I just sensed that, you yes. know, which reminds me. So I had this conversation with my girlfriend and it reminded me of something that you talked about in your session. You were yeah. saying in a lot of couples, um, there's, there's always the, the visionary guy and the, the one that is trusting, you know, full, mm -hmm. full faith. of faith. Um, yep. And what a great way to frame that, because I've, I've never heard it framed that way. 
that the other person is the one that's full of faith because they don't, they're not the one that's got the perfect picture of the vision in their head. They are going off of faith. Um, so, so a excellent way of framing that. When I look yeah. at my relationship with my girlfriend, it definitely feels that way. I've got big vision. And like, if I think it's going to work, I am just going to go for it. Yeah. Um, and, and she's over here just having faith and, and true faith. I mean, genuinely, she's like, I believe God is going to establish you. Uh, I believe that he said he's going to establish you. So there's no doubt in my mind he's going to establish yeah. you. But there'll yeah. still be times where I'm just going to go for something. And she'll come along with all of her fears and uh, concerns and all that kind of stuff. And one of the conversations we had was like, if you're just afraid that I'm going to get hurt, don't bother trying to tell me what you, the what the mm. issue. Just let me get hurt. Um, <laughs> if you're afraid I'm going to drive into a wall, then 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 speak up. Say babe i think you're about to drive into a wall <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was like i'm going to live a life that is full of bruises and i'm gonna love yeah. the fact that i'm living a life that's full of bruises but yeah. um yeah you said something really interesting when you talked this this whole conversation is gonna be all over the place eric you said something interesting when you were when when you were on that you were like it was it was around taking care be if you're the visionary person how you take care of the person that is the the faith person. And so I, I don't know if you just want to reiterate some of that. I think it'd be good. Yeah, no, I mean, it's that they're, they've invested a lot in you. And I mean, a lot of entrepreneurs are ready, fire, aim, you know, yep. ready, fire, aim, fire, aim. Okay. So we fired it the wrong direction. I'll aim again. And we end up in one sense, wasting a lot of ammunition. <laughs> but if we would have <laughs> yeah, just, it's just ammunition. <laughs> right. But there is an element and it doesn't happen right away, but it's 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 inserting certainty into the faith spouse. So, you know, some of the things could just be relationally we talked about, right? I mean, we're so hard charging inside of the business. You got this vision. So you could be, I mean, I've known entrepreneurs. I've been guilty of this myself in seasons, right? You get up at 6 a.m. in the morning and you work until 9 p.m. at night. And because you're so much engaged in the vision, you're carrying so much of the vision, you neglect this partner that has faith in you. So from a relational standpoint, where are you giving them certainty that the relation there is important as this business and this vision is, right? I mean, could be as simple as that. There are financial things that you need to do. Just even in taking care of yourself, we talked about kind of me and my body, but if you're someone who is driving this vision for this business, but you're getting completely unhealthy, you're going to create uncertainty in the faith spouse of what if they have a heart attack? You know, what if they, you know, yep. and so that's not financial. That's, it could be financial, but that could be just a, a physical thing that's going on. I look at this from a spiritual dynamic. I mean, again, if you're so enamored in the business, do you get so caught up in the vision that you think you've heard everything you need to hear from God? And so you stop listening for yeah. little tweaks or directions he might shift you. And every single one of those are seeds of uncertainty and a faith partner that you just got to continue to pour into. Yeah. Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah. We're, we we're thinking about core values together coming off of their mm -hmm. retreat. Cause we're, yeah. we're going, you know, when you and I are married, what are going to be our core values? And I really want this to be a collaborative thing, but one of them that just jumps out right away is, um, we listen for the Holy spirit. Like that's a core mm. value. Like we listen for what God is saying. Um, yeah. and I don't know what the tight way that we're going to word it, but that's pretty tight. We, we listen, we listen for what God's saying. Mm. Um, 
and yeah so that was good uh before i just go all over the place on all the different things that <laughs> we talked about on the retreat um let me ask you the 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 question that most of these episodes go off of so eric yeah. you're you strike me as somebody that has thought about how you're going to die or not how you're going to die but how you <laughs> hope to be remembered when you die um hopefully it's not skiing um right uh when you die, what, how do you hope to be remembered or what do you hope your eulogy or legacy will have been? You know what? The biggest thing I think that comes out for me on that is I want to know that I prepared everyone around me well. Um, you know, I think we talked about this when we were there, Simon Sinek's game, the infinite game, where it's really about all I'm doing is passing a baton. So I want to know that I've prepared. I mean, I have a specific I have a specific prayer that I pray quite often for the salvation of my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, and my great-great-grandchildren, for every single one of them to be saved, right? So that's a, how do I get remembered? Well, is that that faith legacy, that that, I passed the faith baton on. Um, I'm very active with my employees. I mean, one of the things that I've structured my business, we're only nine employees. There's only nine of us right now. We'll be at 12 in the next month just through some growth and things like that that are happening. But I've set the business completely up that if something happens to me, they can take it and run it. it it's just about that I prepared them well. That I does, Am I done? No, I'm not done. I've got a lot of stuff that I still want to do, but I'm just trying to be ready to pass the baton because God could call me at any minute. You know, God could call me at any time. Yep. Um, I want to you know, I, I don't know if I'm going to get ahead of you here. The core values of our company are to love, serve, impact, and transform. And so I hope that in the course of passing the baton, I loved people well, I served them well, that had an impact on them, and that transformed their lives. Yeah. You know, I, I think. Yeah. Um, and then that I kind of, in a bigger way, I held my life loosely to the point that at any point that God said go, I can just say, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. I was... I told you before we came on, I was with some good friends this last week. Um, let me see here. I'm just going to find that. So, um, and you actually met the guy who said this. He was at dinner that night, David, who was sitting next to me yes, at dinner. Yes. So David said that he's, these are the three questions he asks every day. And this really, really kind of challenged me, which is God search me, God break me, mm. and God send me. Man. Yeah. Dang. It's like. Wow. You know, so that would be kind of the thing. Am I every single day putting in myself in a place where it's like, search me of what I need to know, break me of the things that are not aligning me with you and then send me where I'm supposed to supposed to be. And so long as I do those things, um, then I think I will be remembered as someone who passed the baton well. And, um, you know, I think <laughs> what do I ultimately want to hear? I want to hear well done. You know, I want to get yes. to the end and go, well done. You listened and you heard and you did what you were supposed to do. Yeah. This life is a short life. It's going to, it's going to end. And yeah. if we, as believers, we know that we're going to spend eternity with God. So right. the question is, did we spend this short amount of time in such a way that when we spend eternity with God, we're not going to look back and think that we wasted it. I, I yeah, I, I think you remember. I'm, I'm going to take over your podcast here. I think you remember that I'm a big, big, big Switchfoot fan when we were together, yeah. right? Yeah. So I can't tell you how many times like my life is surrounded by Switchfoot lyrics. So when your comment was, you know, you're going to go through life with bruises, then the, then the, there's a lyric that says, "The only tattoo I have are scars." Um, 
you know, that's yeah. from a Switchfoot lyric. But then the yeah. other, probably my other favorite one, probably my favorite, favorite Switchfoot lyric says, I'm not sentimental. The skin and bones is a rental. Damn. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, that hits hard. That hits wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. That's not it. I'm not sentimental. The skin and bones is a rental and no one makes it out alive. Yeah. Yeah. The skin and bones is a rental. Ooh. Yeah. That's good. Um, that's um, from a song yeah. called Where I Belong off the album Vice Versus. Um, okay. Anyway. When, it's when a, you, yeah, sorry, when you were talking about legacy and you were talking about making an impact on your kids and their kids, um, there, there is something that you said on the trip that I thought uh, that it was eye opening for me. Um, sure. and it was a lot of people, you know, when they're setting up, cause your business very much is about helping people set up, you know, how wealth is going to get passed on. Yep. Um, and, uh, when a lot of people, when they think about that, they're, they're trying to think very, very long term, like, you mm -hmm. know, on and on and on dynasty kind of thing. And, uh, in, in the Bible, we're only told to go up to, to leave an inheritance for our kids and their kids, or at least yeah. maybe I'm interpreting that wrong. Well, so there's not anything that says it directly. It is an interpretation that I took. I'm going to just say that. So in Proverbs, it says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And if you count that out, that is three generations. Uh, that's three generations. And if you yep. look at the statistics, 90% of family wealth fails after three generations. So I was yeah. putting those and, and there's been parables and everything. I mean, this even ha this happened yeah. in King Solomon's life. There's example after example. So there's not anything that specifically says it. What I did yeah. is I took the spiritual wisdom of a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And then the other thing that really became kind of the transformational element for me that I'll add on to that is that we think money is financial and money is relational. Yes. And the reason that a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children is the likelihood of who you're going to have a relationship with, yes. that you're going to be able to yes. pass the baton and be in that relationship with is three, three generations. Your children and your grandchildren are most likely the only people that you will speak into. Yeah. And if that's the way, this was something that either you said, or maybe Chad said it off of you saying all of that, but it was like, and, and so in that, in that example, um, you are leaving an inheritance of money to people that you can also give give wisdom to through relationships. Yeah, that's it. That's like those it. are the people that you're giving money to, the people right. that you can directly have a relationship with and also pass on pass on faith and wisdom. Yeah. Well, I mean, and so the here's the choice, right? And and think about it from this. We always talk about if I leave money, if I leave money. But here's the thing: what if all you had to leave someone was wisdom? Let's say that that's the only thing you were ever blessed with. You didn't ever have the money to leave them. All you could leave them is wisdom. How blessed would they be? Yeah. Right. Versus what, if, let's flip the script. What if the only thing you ever left someone was money, but you never left them any wisdom? Yeah. How yeah. poor of a, how poor of a decision would that be? Right. So wisdom becomes the most important thing that you can do. Wisdom a lot of times happens in relationship. Yep. Yep. And also I, when I think about, you know, money, we think about uh how did you say it we think about finances as money but we should think about finances as relationship relationship yeah yeah um yeah in the kingdom of god that is that is uh that is how it works it's all about relationship you know um and and, and part of what we're to do as christians this this gets into a, something that you said i'm i'm driving towards something that you said that truly was transformational for me um but uh 
you know, in the, we, we are to pray, not just that God's kingdom that we like, we would go to God's kingdom, but that his kingdom would come to earth. Yes. Yes. That, like the way that we, through our imagination and our communication with the Holy spirit are supposed to be people on this earth that are helping, uh, or I, I don't know if helping bring the kingdom of God to earth is the right way to say it, but we're definitely supposed to be praying for God's kingdom to come here to, to here mm -hmm. on this earth. Mm -hmm. And it's not mm -hmm. a, it's not a kingdom where we are ruling over each other through money. It's a kingdom where we are serving each other in relationships. Yeah. And totally. And that's, that's the, that's the task of Christian entrepreneurs is to, to live the entrepreneurial journey in a way that is in alignment with the, the vision of what the kingdom of God is. That, we, yes. that it's about serving in relationships, not ruling over people with money. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. Uh, oh, man, uh, I, I, I want to ask you about your company. So a question that I like to ask is what yep. are things that you hope are said about your company? Um, and I don't normally do this with most of the people that I talk to, but there are things that are said about your company by your website that I thought were pretty, <laughs> pretty awesome. Um, so it, it, I think it's on your about page, uh, principles of intentional transformation. Your top asset yeah. is your family. Your top yep. investment is your business. Your control yep. of money is finite. Transformation happens in relationship. This one, generosity defeats scarcity. Um, and today <laughs> echoes through eternity. So I'm curious where this came from. And then I also just need to ask you my basic question, which is what do you hope people say about your business? Yeah. I, you know what, where did that come from? It was an exercise of the business should really just have some principles and you know, the, because I'm in the financial business, I know where the first two came through, came from. Maybe we'll just kind of walk through where they came from. I mean, it's the first is everyone thinks that it's about money and it's not about money. It's about family. Give me all the money in the world. And if I have no family, why do I have all the money in the world? So what a waste of time. And when we come in and we write our balance sheets down, you know, here's what's on my balance sheet, whoever writes their family down, they don't. And so the top yeah. asset is your family was a, we're trying to just shift the frame of the people that we serve and the people that we work with. I mean, one of the things we talk about is we like to serve families at the intersection of family and finance. And most people are chasing return on investment and ending up with terrible return on intention yep. because it has no family element to it. So that, that really was birthed out of that. The second thing was, so the top investment is your business. Um, Paradigm has an element where we invest money for people. We do. But I kept people coming to us like, hey, all you want to do is invest my money. And it's like, not really. Um, I really want to help you kind of get aligned on this intersection of family and finance because, and this is why we put this in there. Here's what I know about business owners. Business owners can take a dollar and turn it in through the right blessing and the right strategy, turn that into $100, $200. I have yet to find any investment strategy that does that. Yeah. So when you talk about building like a plan, one of the things that we talk about with entrepreneurs is, okay, so we do have to put some certainty, we go back to certainty because you got faith and, um, and the um, visionary, the visionary will run so hard, they'll take all the money and throw it back into the business. You do have to peel out a little bit and put some, there's some things you need to do to put some certainty inside the financial things. But once that's in place, 
like turn around and pour every single dollar back into the business rather than why would you why would you turn over a dollar that could be generating 100x inside of your business over to a guy like me who's going to maybe make you 12% and take a percent off the top i mean so if you go make 100x and not pay anybody else but your employees or you could give it to me and make 12x and I make 1% off of it. I just, I can't make that math work. And so it was a way to just express that idea of, no, here's the deal. Your top asset is your, or your top, top investment is your business. And then, um, then it went into your control of money is finite because so many people think that they're going to be around forever yeah. and don't plan for the future, um, yeah. which then led to, what is it? Transformation happens in relationship. Yep. So this emphasis that if it's finite, then you better be building the relationships that you can pass the baton to. Yeah. Um, and then it really, the last two lessons came down to the idea that we live in a world that so many people are thinking of scarcity and it's the secret to the opposite coin of scarcity is generosity. Um, and most people completely miss that. They think if I give something away, I'm going to miss out on something. Yep. Um, yep. And it, this never happens. Um, yeah. And then every single action we take today echoes through eternity. And if we think of that, you talked about that earlier. I mean, time is so short. Yep. Um, if we don't come at it with that short-term mindset, we'll make decisions that will impact the next three to five years. And we think we're making a great decision that may have a bunch of unintended consequences that fall out the back end. And so if we think about what this is going to mean for eternity um, in the scope of everything, then we'll... Um, you know, we'll make the wrong decision. And so what do I hope people say about our business is that the experience of walking with us was truly transformational. I mean, it's one of our taglines is intentional transformation. We want to help families be very intentional and help them transform, transform the way that they think, the way that they act and the way that they interact with money. And that will lead to greater generosity, a greater impact on the family, a greater impact on God's kingdom. And, um, you know, I, it comes back to that entire idea of just, well, I want people to say that the business was well done. Yeah. You know, um, one of our key principles, I told you our core values, but one of our key principles is seek first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So this entire idea that if I put first things, first, if I put God's kingdom first. Yep. And he's going to take care of everything else. I've, I've said that the Cliff Notes version of that scripture is, you take care of my kingdom, I'll take care of yours. And God has never failed me in that department. Yeah. And the whole test, test me in this. Oh yeah. my gosh, that is a powerful statement. Test me yeah. in this. Yeah. And, and see if, and I can't remember exactly what it says, but I it's something like- throw open the floodgates of heaven. Yeah. Holy cow. Like, yeah. what a That's statement. That's in Malachi. And yeah. the question is just, do we believe it? Because if we believe it, it's going to dramatically. Uh, anyway, I've been thinking. It's about my favorite little test because either God's going to show up or he's not. So if he shows up, then you got to keep listening to him. And if he doesn't, you can stop. And here's the thing. He's never not showing up. Yeah, he always shows up. I've been praying about this. And one of the things that God said to me since the retreat is over is that he is he's he's done with me treating my giving uh I set aside money for giving he's done with me treating that like it's a savings account so basically <laughs> what I what I've been in the habit of doing my whole life is I get money and I take you know 10% of it and I set it aside for giving and then when something comes along that I want to give to I I give to that thing hmm. and God is tired of me treating his money 
that I set aside for him, like it's a savings account that I hold on to and gives me a sense of security. He wants mm. me to freely give it away. In other words, yeah. it's not in my hands for very long. Um, and it and it's interesting that that is something that he's put on me and, and said very clearly that he wants that to change. Um, and what that does to my faith, because that requires an increased level of faith for me to go, all right, God, yeah, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to hold on to your money for very long. It's going to, when it hits my hands, it will quickly leave my hands into whatever I think you want me to give to. <laughs> well, so I, I don't know how much this timer is going to cut us off because we've got four minutes left. I'll give you just a quick tool for you and for everybody else. There's a couple of groups out there. National Christian Foundation is one. Waterstone is another one. Um, they're basically like giving checking accounts. So if you, I mean, if you've got money and God's telling you where to give it, go give the money. But I run into seasons where I'm not sure where I'm supposed to give, but I need to get it out of my bank account so that there's not any temptation. And those organizations, it's the technical name for it is a donor advised fund, but those are both Christian organizations, Waterstone and National Christian Foundation are both great organizations for a place to set up an account. And when you make the gift, it's a charitable deduction. And then you've got time to decide right before we came on, I was making a gift out of my donor advised fund earlier today. So, nice. um, and you can set up recurring giving from it. Like I've got people who depend on us for gifts that the recurring giving comes out of. Um, but for people that's who cool. are like, yeah, I get that. And I want to get it out of my control, but sometimes I don't know where I'm supposed to give it. That's a great like in-between tool. So Eric, one of the other things that I wanted to ask you, this was something that was very transformational for me. And it was, I, I can't remember what part of the content. I'm I'm not great with like remembering <laughs> heavy content. That's, there's all these different modules to it, but it was towards the end. You, you talked about two of the parables that Jesus used about, one of them is the, the parable of the talents. And then the other one is the parable of the, something that starts with an M. Minus. Minus. minus minus like the like minus sign no m-i-n-a-s it's a unit okay. of measurement that was used during that time and you said you said how it relates to like entrepreneurship or just owning a business um or investing um yeah and uh well can you just expound on that for a second and then i'll get to where i'm going with that yeah yeah so if you look at both of those parables and dig deeply into them there's a couple of elements to them and one and, and each one um they're get well one of them they're given money based on their abilities so the one who has more ability is given more and then in the other one in the minus it's given equally so you've got two different things that happen there um in both instances you get an indication that the master is gone for a long time hmm. So there's a lot of time that passes. So this is not like a lot of people look at, you know, in, in one of the instances, I think it's in the parable of the talents, they like double the money. Um, and in the parable of the minus, it's like 10 X or something. I mean, it's a huge multiplier on the money that happens inside of the parable, of the, the minus. And so I, I've, at times my own experience has been, people have been like, wow, that was a really, really good manager. And so we just took a look inside of Paradigm and said, okay, well, what would it really take for this to happen? And so in the parable of the talents, just based on typical, you're an investor, you're putting money in the market in good quality investments, you're owning good companies, um, you're being smart about what you buy, you're honoring God as you do it. And what we found is that it would take probably about seven or eight years to duplicate what the parable of the talents did. 
you know, it's, I mean, so everybody gets all this Marvel. It's like, well, he's gone for a long time. Seven to eight years isn't out of the realm of possibility. So, you know, that's not uncalled. That's not unquestionable. And then I stood with them. So we went and took a look at the parable of the minus and dug into that and said, you know what? I mean, this is a business owner. I mean, so this is, you know, 10 X, but a really, really high quality business in about five to six years could take a few dollars and maybe even less than that, depending on the business and turn it into. And so it really just be kind of became this like, wait a minute, this is God speaking about his kingdom, but he's promoting the growth of money. Yeah. Right. And yeah. promoting us to be active in that. that. I meet shocking. so many Christians so many times that are operating, you go back to scarcity and fear. Oh my goodness. What if God takes this away? Or what if God's going to do this? I was joking with a friend of mine the other day. He's like, I was like, Told him I said, it's time for you to go start your own business. He goes, no, 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 I'm at my business right now. And I'm about to get some stock options and stuff. I got to see how much money that is. I said, your dad owns the cattle on a thousand hills. You got all the money you need. What are you waiting for? Yeah. You know? He was like, shut yeah. up. Don't talk to me that way. But we, yeah. we act with such a mind of scarcity. Um, God doesn't need our money. God can get us all the money that we need. And all he's doing is to call us. God is a creator. And I think that that's some of the things we find, especially for entrepreneurs, I'd encourage you is God has made you a creator. Go create. You're never more like him than when you're creating. I mean, there's two things we know about God. God is a creator and God is a giver. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So when we're creating and when we're generous, we're never more like God. Yeah, that. And, and, and the fact that when Jesus, when, when Jesus calls out rich people, they are not those kind of rich people. They yeah, are. So the, you mentioned, you talked about that. You talked about me talking about this. So I'm going to promote this book really quick. Cause I didn't come up with this. Got this it. is a book called the maker versus the takers by Jerry Boyer. Jerry is an amazing economist and a great, an amazing mind. And he went in and carefully looked at each one of the scriptures and geographically where Jesus was when he was giving his parables. And inside of this book, he unpacks the idea that Jesus never condemned the accumulation of wealth when he was in an entrepreneurial community. He, he condemned it when he was among the takers, people who are more like government, who didn't earn it, who were just taking it from people um, for the purpose yeah. of, you know, making themselves look better, but they weren't creating anything in the process of doing it. Entrepreneurs are creating. Yep. Yep. I, when you, yeah. When you were sharing all that, I felt that as like a charge as like a, okay. Um, I have been given talents. Uh, God has given me, you know, resources and abilities. And honestly, if I look at the world, he's given me more resources than he's given other people in this world. And he's given me more abilities than he's given other people in this world. And that's, I don't say that to sound prideful. I, I almost like that's like sobering to think uh, about. I'm going to, I'm going to mess up everybody who listens to this podcast. You got to forgive my cat <laughs> here, um, but I'm going to mess up everybody who listens to this podcast. Just go to globalrichless.com. And if you make more than $30,000 a year, you're in the top 99.5% of people all over the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so God has given me more resources than he's given a lot of people on this earth. And he's given me more abilities than he's given a lot of people on this earth. And do I mean, I that's, I mean that's ultimately one of my convictions. I mean, you walk around, especially we have so much abundance in the U.S. and everybody's like, I'm not rich. I'm not rich. And I'm like, yeah, you are. I don't care. I mean, again, if you make more than $30,000, you're richer than 99 and percent of the rest of the world. Yep. Yep. 
And yep. the other thing that we often miss is we are living at the wealthiest time in history. Yep. We've got more abundance than we ever have. But because there's so much accumulation in like a Jeff Bezos or someone like that, all of a sudden we think, well, that that's not me. I will tell you what else is convicting. I think it's 2 Timothy 6. Um, I wish I had my a Bible close at hand here. Um, but it's basically like command those who are rich to be generous. The word is command. Mm. And yeah. we don't do that. Command yeah. those who are rich to be generous um, and to do good. And, yeah. you know, everyone doesn't like that scripture where they're like, well, okay, that's good because that's for the rich. That's not for me. And it's like, well, why don't you look in the, you go back to looking in the mirror, go look yeah. in the mirror. You're rich. So guess yes. what? You're called to be generous. Yep. The, the fish are not good at describing water. We live, <laughs> right. we live in wealth. We swim we in wealth. Yeah. Um, and we are not good at recognizing it because we yeah. are so surrounded by it and it's normal to us. But in the it, but you're right in human history and also in this country versus other countries of the world, we are as wealthy like as we could ever have asked for. Um, and, and that's not completely true because if you ask people they, what they what, how much money is enough, they say a little bit more. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know. But uh, but where I'm going with that is um, I, 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 I could feel guilty about it. I could be like, you know what? I just feel guilty that I'm I'm so wealthy uh, and, you know, God has uh, given me so much resources and he's given me so much ability. Um, but is that what the faithful servants that he gave the resources to in the parable did? No, that's not what they did. They went and they grew it. They grew yeah. it. Um, and uh, if and well, we not only that, the ones who did really well, God gave more to. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, so I mean, so it comes back to it's one of the reasons one of my life scriptures is seek first His kingdom because if I'm doing what He what He wants me to do, then there's wealth inside of that. I mean, one of the things that's really interesting about the New Testament church is somehow we've gotten this idea that poverty is to be desired. Yes, you know. But yep. we look at the people who were blessed in the Old Testament. Abraham was a wealthy man. Yeah. Jacob, wealthy. Yeah. I mean, so God blesses those. And so this is to be careful, right? God does not always bless everyone. But blessings that come from God are not blessings to be blessings to be cursed. Yes. You know, following God does not equal wealth. But you, if you are following God and God blesses you with wealth, you don't curse the blessing. Yeah. And I, I almost, uh, you know, because there is the prosperity gospel, which is not, right. not good. Um, no. It's like basically the idea that like, if you're not prospering, there's something wrong with you. Right. Um, and the, the, the reality though, is I think God does bless us, his, his kids. Um, so, some of us though, you know, some, some of us get uh, like the plan that he has for us is a lot harder, you know, for, than for others. But if that's what, you know, if that's the plan that he wants for me, then if I'm a, truly a follower of Jesus, then I go, yep. Okay. God, that's the plan that you wanted for me. Or maybe I complain about it like David. And did sometimes he wants to prosper us and we don't listen. Yeah. Right. So we do, we follow principles or we do things that are against what he's calling us to do. I mean, you were talking about, you know, if you're going to run your car into something, your girlfriend, soon to be wife, you know, talking about that to you, one of the most valuable things about coming back to the visionary and the spouse, the most valuable thing is um, we live in this world that's got this idea that women and men like, you know, the, the it's like this idea that women shouldn't spouses shouldn't be involved in the business. 
me tell you what, my wife is very involved in what goes on in the business. She come to the office every day? No, but she's in on every hire. She's in on growth prospects. She's in, why? Because sometimes she goes, it just doesn't sit well in my spirit. And I go, oh, okay. I probably ought to listen to that. She can put a stop sign on the things that I'm doing that can keep me from making a spiritual mistake. Sometimes seeking first the kingdom of God means listening to the faith spouse. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Or the faith partner and God's giving them discernment. If you ever have somebody whose faith going, no, we probably shouldn't do that. You really ought to perk up your ears and listen and see if there's something that's stopping you there. Cause the visionary will drive the car right off the cliff without realizing there wasn't a bridge. Yeah. Sometimes we just move so fast and then we realize, Oh, wait a second. God was trying to tell me something. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> um, uh, I have one for fun question that I like to ask. Uh, and uh, I'm a kid's book author. I, this was a big, this was a big eye-opening thing for me. It's just figuring out, you know, the way to en encapsulate what purpose is as a kid's book author is I connect adults deeply with their kids about things that those adults hope that their kids would think about. Um, yeah. That's, I got to figure out a shorter way to say it, but that's huge. Um, so uh, I believe that you can't leave an impact without getting actually to the heart of kids. So Eric, what's a topic or idea you'd make a kid's book about if you could? Hmm. About not giving up when you get knocked down. That feels like that's the theme of my entire life is a lot of getting that knocked down and choosing to get back up. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. You know, that's the, um, and that trusting that God has a plan, even when it's dark and dreary and, um, yeah. Yeah. Even when it's dark and dreary and you're not sure what the heck's going on is trusting that God still has a plan. And that's part about, that's part of just getting back up and keep going. It's the whole freaking journey for us Christians is literally like, do we trust God? He wants us yes. to give freely, generously, outlandishly. That's a question of, do we trust God? <laughs> you know, absolutely. If he wants us to take a step in a direction and we're like, well, God, how am I going to eat? And God's like, that's my job. My job is to, <laughs> is to figure out how you're going to eat. <laughs> yeah. Like, do we yeah. trust God? That's the question. That's it. That's it. <laughs> um, totally. uh, Eric, how would you want listeners to connect with you? Yeah, so the best way is to send me an email, eric at paradiem, P-A-R-A-D-I-E-M dot org, O-R-G. Um, the other thing that I always make an offer when I appear on podcasts is if this, what I've anything I've talked about today resonates with you, um, one of the things that we've got available is a family impact kit, which is a day worth of activities of connecting you and your family around values, around vision, around um, voice, which is communication and around venture, which is around generosity and doing a greater project. You don't have to do everything all in one day. And it's designed for kids, I think, all the way down to three, all the way up to adult. So you can kind of move it around as you need to. And so if you want, it's a digital download. All you have to do is put family impact kit in the title of the email. And our team knows what to do to get that out to you. So that's a free offer we make available to everybody. Awesome. Eric, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thank you, Timmy. Have a good day.